Welcome back to the T. Druff, the Film Buff Podcast. Boys, it's been a long time. Another big break. A lot has uh, a lot has happened in the last month, good and bad, both on and off the movie screen, television screen, movie sphere, whatever you want to call it. A lot of news to get to. A lot of things I've watched. And once again, we're kind of going to go back to the old days of me just kind of flying off the cuff here. Not too many notes, just kind of put together a good old Google Doc. And we're just going to we're just going to discuss it. So first things first, this is straight out of this morning. White Sox, my White Sox that are finished from the playoffs and sadly are not going to play until April next year. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot to get to with that, actually, but. They announced Ricky Renneria and Don Cooper, both gone. I think there were a couple other minor moves, if I'm not mistaken. But those are the big the big two dominoes to fall. I really thought, and I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, I've thought that they were going to give Ricky one more year. I don't think really you could find anybody out there that believed Ricky Renneria was the one to lead them to... Uh, a World Series championship in the future. Um, but it felt like they were going to give him another chance, like one more season, because he did lead him to playoffs this year. You know, he is great in the clubhouse. All the players love him. Um, so I, I, my thought was that he was going to get another year. Don Cooper, it seemed like, because he's been here for so long through plenty of different managers. I think, was he here all the way back in the Jerry Manuel days? He might have been, but um, it seemed like with how loyal Jerry Reinsdorf is and Kenny Williams are, uh, that that he was just going to have a job here for life. And to be fair, he's done some fantastic work with pitchers in the past. I mean, you don't even have, I mean, putting aside the, the change he helped, you know, solidify with Giolito, in the last two years. I mean, you think about all those pitchers that he's had that have been really, really good here and then not really anywhere else. John Garland. Freddie Garcia was just okay everywhere else, but he was excellent for a couple years here. Jose Contreras had a career year here. Um, I mean, let's see. What else? What else? What else? I mean... Oh, Mark Burley for sure, but Burley, I think Burley, without Cooper, he was still going to be a good pitcher. Um, Javier Vasquez, of course, had a great year with us here, or at least a great first half. I think the second half, he kind of fell apart. Uh, He got a good couple years out of Loiza. You know, even, even a guy like Jose Quintana, I mean, who would have thought that he would have been a really great pitcher? Uh, of course, he developed Chris Sale. I mean, there's so many good things that Don Cooper's done. I thought he had a job for life. But I think, much like Renneria, it was just time. It was just time. And I think it's it's going to be very interesting to see who the White Sox go after. Uh, I, mean, I just saw that apparently Tony of Russa is being considered, which I think is preposterous. I mean, what what are we doing? This guy's 76 years old. He hasn't even managed in years. Uh, Kenny Williams, are you still obsessed with him after the the tenure he had with the White Sox in like seventy nine through eighty six, whatever eighty three eighty six, what whatever it was? I mean, this forty forty something years ago, what are we doing? We can't be going after Tony La Russa. Um, I mean, a lot of people think it should be AJ Hinch or Alex Cora. 
think that's complicated, right? It's complicated because of both of their histories with with cheating in the past couple of years. Who really knows how involved they both were? Um, as of course, you know, Mia does her usual uh, water drink in the middle of the podcast episode. It happens every time. I feel like I think she just knows. Um, but I think a- isn't AJ Hinch? He's the one that actually, out of the managers that, that apparently cheated with him and Cora, uh, he's the one that, didn't he kind of own up to it? He's like the only guy in the Astros organization that felt like he actually owned up to it. Am I wrong in remembering that? Um, again, I would prefer somebody without any type of baggage like that. But, I mean, the, the problem is I don't know who they're going to, I don't know who who's available. Like, if you're going with somebody who has recent October experience, with which is what Rick Hahn said, then you can't, I mean, are you going to go after like a bench coach or an assistant coach for one of these teams in the playoffs? Or, I mean, are you going to actually go after a coach who's been a part of probably one of the greatest four-year runs for any team in the last 30 years, which is what the Astros were on. Of course, there's an asterisk next to that with the cheating scandal, but I don't know. I mean, how much of that can you contribute to to A.J. Hinch? I don't know the answers, and I don't I don't really like the Cora thing. I I don't know. that. My gut is that if it's going to be one of the two, you got to get A.J. Hinch. If you can't get A.J. Hinch, then you just got to go after somebody else. You got you to gotta find your next... Ozzy Gian, because it certainly won't be Ozzy from what Rick Hahn said. Um, let's see. I mean, in terms of like a recap overall of the White Sox this season, it was one hell of a ride. I mean, I loved this team. I think I watched all but maybe two games I missed the entire year for whatever reason. And I absolutely loved watching them every night. It was such a joy. Uh, of course, there's some painful times, but that that's what it's going to be in a baseball season. You can't go undefeated, so of course there's going to be some losses. But I think that this team showed that they are ready to take the next step. They just need a couple extra pieces. They need to remove a couple pieces themselves. I mean, I don't think Edwin Encarnacion should—I don't think he's going to be back anyway, but there's no reason to consider bringing him back. Nomar Mazzara, I mean, at this point, what do we set? Did we sign him to a one-year deal? Was it a couple-year deal? I don't remember, but— I mean, there's really no reason to bring him back. If if Adam Engel is going to produce just as much hitting-wise and honestly more, and he, you know he's a much better fielder, then you keep Adam Engel out there. And if you don't want to have Adam Engel as your starter, then you go get a good left-handed hitter like Michael Brantley or somebody uh, somebody like that. Um, you just can't. We can't deal with the Nomar Mazzara exper- experiment again. Uh and, you know, leaving that to just Adam Engel might be dangerous as well. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was this year in, in, in years to come. So, I don't know. I, I, I loved Tim Anderson's season, of course. He's my favorite player on the Sox right now. Jose Abreu should be the MVP once they announced that. Giolito was very good. Wasn't as good as 2019, but he's very good. Keiko was a stud. Dane Dunning showed that he should be a, you know, middle-of-the-line rotation guy more than likely. Dylan Cease is probably a five. I... With that stuff, he could be a two, but he has no control whatsoever. I mean, it is, it's really tough to watch. And he had some really lucky starts uh, with it when him barely giving up, you know, any runs of how many hitters he uh, allowed on base. So, anyway, I think that's probably my White Sox recap. We have a lot to get to. 
Um, that's probably it for sports as well. I mean, besides over the fact that Billy Donovan was also, uh, you know, announced as the Bulls head coach within the last month and a half because it has been that long since I recorded one of these. Um, let's see. I mean, pretty much every movie has been pushed. It's it's really even. I mean, to go through the news that I have even written down here is tough. I mean, the only big movie it seems to not move off of the twenty twenty calendar right now is Wonder Woman. Uh, every Marvel movie is pushed and it kind of just you know the assembly line keeps moving forward everything's been pushed two months so really the timeline won't be messed up too much you would hope uh the next one as of now we're getting this black widow in may but i mean at this point i mean that's seven months away i don't i mean it's been seven months since quarantine started are we even certain that we're in a better position than we are now i mean like are we actually certain bless you mia um i don't know uh, so that'll be interesting. It, it's going to be weird though. So that by the time Black Widow comes out, if it does come out in May, it will have been almost two years in between Marvel Cinematic Universe films. That's insane to think about how much we got. I mean, there was, was it starting in 2017? We got four or have we even gotten four in one year? Is are we, are we still have three. I think we might still by three, but anyway, there was like three straight years. We had three MCU movies a year you know amidst all the dc movies and all the other marvel films and and various superhero films that are out there so um i it's i'm i'm desperately wanting one of those films uh to hit theaters eventually batman moved to 2022 it's a march release date which is crazy that'll be six years in between that and batman v superman that is such a long time but anyway uh, Dune moved to almost a full year to October of next year. It took the Batman spot. James Bond, I believe, moved to spring of 2021, I think. I know it moved off the 2020 calendar, but did it? I think it took the spring date. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, wh- when does it end? Like, wh- when are theaters or are theaters going to survive? Um, I know AMC has said they're not going to close again. It probably just cost... At this, at this point with AMC, it probably cost... They'll probably lose a ton of money to close again, and and they know it's going to cost even more to open a second time. So they're probably like, we're going to ride this out. We're going to hope that things are going to get better. But honestly, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Uh, the Walking Dead announced that it'll be coming to an end in 2022. Uh, so it will end with a 11th and final season. So season 10... Just had its finale last Sunday, which miraculously I still have not watched. I gotta, I gotta watch that. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Uh, and then they, they're doing like six kind of like separate stories for season ten to finish it off in the spring. I think that they're filming right now or coming soon. Um, and then season eleven will begin in the fall of twenty twenty one, and it's like a two-part thing or, or something like that so i guess it's going to be like a really long season 11 and i think it's going to end in the fall of 2022 so we're pretty much two years away from the ending of walking dead and to me i'm already getting you know a little sad about it to be honest i've been with this show for years now i started watching it uh in the middle of season or is it the end of season five no beginning of season six is when i started and i binged that show I mean, I was watching like 10 episodes a day at one point. It was just, I love that show so much. I think it's such a bingeable show. At the same time, I do love its its really small, one-off, quiet episodes that they used to do. 
uh, and I think it just got too, I think at times it got too obsessed with itself, and I think it got too obsessed with kind of changing the formula when when we kind of knew what worked in season four, five, and six. There was a formula that worked, and, and they wanted to keep, you know, besting themselves. Um, but anyway, Norman Reedus and Melissa McRide will return for, you know, another Walking Dead series that following year with Angela Kang returning as showrunner, which is an interesting kind of, you know, fold to the story that, well, first of all, you know they're not going to die. Uh, but second of all, that they're still interested in coming back. Like, Norman Reedus still wants to do this series. And I was honestly, I'm under the impression that I will watch this show for another 20 years. Like, if they wanted to keep doing it and keep adding new cast members, to me, there's just so much you can do. You can really get to the point of, like, them rebuilding society back. Like, even more so than it already is, right? Uh, I don't mean, like, they're building skyscrapers again and they're starting cities. But, like, they're just developing their own society even further. They're traveling more. You know, they're just developing new ways to live uh and of course not cure the apocalypse the zombie apocalypse because we don't want that cure we don't want it to end um but anyway i don't know how it ends i don't know if somehow they can bring back rick grimes to show that he's still alive to these characters or maybe they get that conclusion in the film are they still doing those films with andrew lincoln how is that going to shake out i mean there hasn't been any news on that at all uh in like two years so i i mean is that even happening i don't know uh, Jonathan Majors is going to be the villain in Ant-Man 3. Uh, he's going to be Kang the Conqueror, apparently, which is interesting. Uh, so I fell off the Lovecraft Country train. Uh, I watched the first four episodes, I believe. Um, the first episode was very good, and then the second and third and fourth were just... They were just so bland, and like with how much the first one had to say and how much it balance the monster terror to the human terror like I thought that was such an interesting premise and then it just I don't know it just it wasn't interesting anymore it became too supernatural um and I just don't think I don't think I'm gonna go back to the show I don't know I mean we'll see but Jonathan Majors is a really good actor and he has a big future Probably not just in the MCU, but as a movie star in the future, because he has a presence. Uh, really, all you got to do is watch him in either Last Man, or, uh, is it Last Black Man in San Francisco? Is that what it's called? Or uh, just the first episode of Lovecraft Country. I mean, he is—he's got a presence. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is going to be She-Hulk. Uh, I liked her in uh, Perry Mason, and I loved her in Stronger. Um, what else was she in? Oh, she was in. Um, uh, the Nicole Kidman movie, Destroyer. I never saw Orphan Black, so I can't really comment on that, but I know that she's... She, she also, like Majors, just has a very strong presence to her. Uh, she can hold her own on the screen. She's clearly a leading lady in Hollywood. Uh, and, and I think that she, I think she's the right fit. And I know a lot of people wanted Alison Brie, and we're going to get to something with Alison Brie in a little bit that I don't think conflicted with it, but maybe they just wanted to go in a different direction because Alison Brie did kind of feel like an obvious choice. And Tatiana Maslany was like, oh, wait, I didn't think of that, but it actually feels really obvious now. Uh, so I'm excited about that uh, whenever She-Hulk actually gets to Disney+. Plus. I mean, that could be 2023 at this point. Who knows? Vin Diesel released not a new movie, not a new TV show, 
not a new YouTube video or skit or a podcast or anything like that that a bunch of actors are doing in quarantine now. Nope, he released a new single. He is officially a singer, a DJ, whatever you want to call him. He has music now, and honestly, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm almost ashamed to say that, but it is pretty good. Um, it's definitely dumb, but it's so catchy. And whenever it comes out of my shuffle, I can't turn it off. I mean, guys, I just have to listen to it. I have to. Uh, Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro in other crazy news. Like, what? Excuse me? Electro? Jamie Foxx? We didn't need that. Nobody's asking for Jamie Foxx to come back as Electro. I know he says he's not going to be blue, and he's not going to be this, and it's going to be a different thing. What does this mean? Is it a multiverse sort of thing? Is this an alternate world? Is this, you know, Doctor Strange doing something weird and maybe bringing in Andrew Garfield as well and Tobey Maguire? You know, that would be cool. But why did we need Jamie Foxx as Electro? And why are they even doing Electro as a villain to begin with? They're going to do another villain again. I mean, why not take on the Osborns? I feel like it's it's like making a Batman trilogy and not even mentioning the Joker once, right? Um, I don't know. So back to the Bree, uh, Alison Brie thing. They canceled Glow. Netflix, are you kidding me? I know everybody was going crazy about canceling the OA, but that didn't get many viewers, and... You know, I think it was a divisive ending for that. I didn't see it, but I'm just saying it was divisive from what I heard. Everybody loves Glow. It's a great show. It's a female-centric show. You, we need more of that. There's not enough of it still. Even on the TV side, it's like almost entirely an all-female cast. It's such a unique story, too. I mean, you, when do you get to watch a, a wrestling show... That really isn't about wrestling at all. It's about friendship. It's about uh, y- y- you know the bond uh, of of coworkers. But you can also be really great friends in how you can overcome very big differences to be good friends. And you could put aside those things for the greater good and 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 having a good show um, because it 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 is a TV show. Even though they are you know performing in front of an audience. Uh, in the wrestling ring, it is a TV show. It was based off a TV show. Um, and I, just, I really loved that show. I thought season two was just excellent. Season three took a step back, but it was still good, and I was so excited for season four. They had filmed, I think, two episodes or one and a half episodes right before quarantine hit. And the only guess I have here, yes, I'm sure they have concerns about COVID and about the contact you know, of the actresses and everybody involved in that production. They don't want to transfer anything. I'm guessing, because if if all else is equal, they would just wait another year in hopes of a vaccine, get it together, and then finish it off in 2022. You know, and it, so what? It's a three-year gap. You know, people would forgive you. It's like a movie. You know, movies have three-year gaps all the time in between sequels. Okay, people would forgive you. They would wait, because that's what we're doing in quarantine. We're waiting for things to come out. Everything's being pushed back. My thing is, I bet you these actresses, and it's nothing wrong with this, it's just the way things go in Hollywood. I bet you they have, and Mark Marin, 
have things in their contract that say if it's not filmed by two years after the last season comes out then they're allowed out of their contracts and if and if actors are actors and actresses are allowed out of their contracts more than likely that means they, they can renegotiate because obviously Netflix is not going to want to recast for its final season. So when they can renegotiate, they can ask for more money, and that becomes problematic because I don't think the show is watched by a lot of people. But I think it was profitable. I mean, however Netflix does their metrics, uh, viewership, I think the show would be profitable if it, if it was based off of ads and that sort of thing. So I think it just comes down to contracts is my guess. So that means if that is the case, there's always still hope that this can either be picked up, maybe by an Amazon, maybe, you know, something like that. I don't know how that works with the rights to the show. But if not one of those, if not Hulu, if not Amazon, if not HBO Max, I mean, that would be so, that would be cool if HBO Max just looped in there and snatched it because uh, they need more content. But I still think there's hope deep down that maybe Netflix can come to their senses either do something with the contracts, cheapen the budget, provide more restrictions for people on set. I don't know what it is, but just do something so we can still have this show because I'm bummed. I'll tell you, I am bummed. All right. Um, Barry Jenkins is doing a Lion King prequel, sequel, who knows? I mean, I literally saw one outlet say it was a prequel and then multiple outlets say it's a sequel. I would bet that there's probably a little bit of both in there. They're going to probably want to have Timon and Pumba maybe narrating it, sort of like Lion King 1 and a half. I've never seen that movie, but that's just my gut. But Barry Jenkins wants to do a Lion King sequel or prequel. Yes, you allow him to do that. Yes. Yes, you do. He's a great filmmaker. Uh, and he's done some dark stuff. I think, I can't remember what movie he's got coming out, but he's doing something else. Moonlight was dark, but it was powerful. I didn't think it deserved best picture, but it was it was powerful. It was dark. Uh, if Beale Street Could Talk was good great acting wise i didn't really think the whole movie came together but dark stuff so i'm happy that he's going to do something that's more lighthearted, like a lion king sequel or a prequel that just sounds fun to me and i loved the live action lion king it's nowhere near the animated of course and i think some of the facial expressions on the live action animals are a little weird or lack thereof i should say um but i mean i'm down for this i'm down for it Patty Constantine is uh, is now going to lead the House of the Dragon TV series. Of course, uh, HBO struck out on the Naomi Watts one that got canceled. We're probably never going to see anything finished from that. Um, who knows? Ask for the Naomi Watts cut. I'm just for some reason that just popped into my mind. We're not getting the Snyder cut of the uh, the Naomi Watts HBO Game of Thrones series. Don't worry. But he's going to Patty Constantine is is a good actor. He's been in a lot of stuff for years. Uh, I mean, I think everybody always just recognizes him from that third Born film, but there's plenty more in his filmography uh, to appreciate him for. And I think it's it's, a inter- it's an interesting fit because he's not a big star, but he's also a very, very well-liked and respected actor. Uh, and I think that I think it's a good start. Let's see. Uh, all right, so we're going to kind of run through what I've watched over the last month and a half, not discuss too much of, of all of it. I watched The Babysitter about a month ago. That's a Samara Weaving, like, kind of uh, horror film that's also very cheesy. And, you know, it's decent. It's decent. It's fun. It's kind of goofy and ridiculous and stupid at times, but it's fun. I'm Thinking of Ending Things is also on Netflix. I 
could not stand that movie. I thought it was a complete waste of time. Uh, continuing to watch Outlander. Uh, I think I'm a couple episodes away from the season finale there. Unhinged. Uh, that was a very interesting Russell Crowe movie I saw in theaters. I thought great premise and very like unsettling things that happened in that movie. Uh, but very satisfying experience in the theaters, especially because I was literally the only one in the theater when I saw it. Uh, continuing to watch the Vow series on HBO. I'm about halfway through the eighth episode, is it? It just came out last night. Uh, as I said before, I gave up on Lovecraft Country. Uh, the Salvation was a movie I watched. Check that out from the library about three or four weeks ago. It's a Western Mads Mikkelsen revenge film. What more do I need to say? Check that out. Uh, Alive, uh, that's a 2020 zombie film on Netflix. Uh, that was very well uh, told and, and different for a zombie film, apocalypse film. I liked that a lot. There's a romance angle in there that I thought was fun. I uh, started the, the Netflix series Hollywood, uh, which it's tough to kind of, I'm only three episodes in. I've been watching it for like four weeks now. It's just like an episode every like seven to 10 days. It's okay. Nothing special. Uh, but I like the way it looks, and I like the way that show kind of has told the story so far um, through different characters' perspectives. But I just don't know if I like any of the characters yet. So that's kind of that's always a tough thing. Like do you, how do you build your characters if they're unlikable? How do you make them likable enough for us to stick with the show and watch? Um, I watched Like Father. That is the Kristen Bell. Um, oh God, why a Kelsey Grammer movie? I thought that was really sweet. A great song in there at the end by Pete Townsend, um, so that was great. Uh, in the middle of dark, season one, uh, The Wire, of course, I'm still watching. Haven't watched The Sopranos episode in about a month, but of course, I'm still watching that. The last movie I saw in theaters, Broken Hearts Gallery, a little over three weeks ago now. Very good, very sweet film, um, but again, not not necessarily. Not necessarily the movie that brings back people into the theater, sadly. So uh, there was, again, nobody in the theater when I went to go see this film. Uh, yeah, it was right after work, but still not the best look. Anyway, um, let's see here. What else? What else? What else? Oh, Buffaloed, uh, a movie starring Zoe Deutsch. It's kind of like a mini Wolf of Wall Street, if you will. Uh, Raised by Wolves, I watched the first episode, haven't haven't gone back, but it was very good, very interesting. Fargo, again, watched the first episode of that about a week and a half ago, season four. That show is just so excellent, uh, and that first episode is so good, I can't wait to go back. I just don't, again, don't really know why I haven't gone back. Um, it's probably just time, to be honest. Criminal, UK, uh, so that, you know, that's the UK version of the criminal show that a bunch of different countries are doing. Uh, I've been watching, I think I've midway through the third episode at this point. Very interesting. I love the way those stories are told. Very simplistic. Kind of like a Black Mirror-esque criminal show that is just in the interrogation room. So I'm down for that. Hell or High Water, rewatched that. <clears throat> Nola Holmes, I thought that was a sweet film. Cheesy, a little stupid at times, clumsy, um, but fun. But fun. Like, worth watching. And Millie Bobby Brown kills it. Henry Cavill's fun. Um, yeah, so that, that's fun. Uh, I watched A Walk to Remember. Never seen that movie. And again, like, these movies, like, of course, sometimes they can be really, really cheesy and stupid. But Walk to Remember is like one of those movies, kind of like The Notebook, kind of like Dear John, to me, again, to me, 
that's worth it. It's it's sweet. It's romantic. Um, you know, maybe it's not going to win any awards, but there's something to be said about these type of cheesy films. You know, I, I hold a special place in my heart for those for those types of films. Watch Class Action Park. That's a HBO documentary about the action park in Vernon, New Jersey. That was very interesting. Uh, Social Dilemma on Netflix. Uh, interesting again. A lot of stuff you kind of already know, like because of how much I'm on social media, kind of know how much it's terrible for you and how much it's dirty that you know these things are tracked and this thing is linked to this account so that this appears, this ad appears here, and it is all done so that you stay on your phone as much as possible. I kind of know that already. There wasn't a ton of new information in it, but if you're into social media, you probably should watch it just so you keep a check on yourself about how much you're spending time on there. And finally, I rewatched the first episode of Fleabag for the third time now. That show is absolutely brilliant, and I cannot wait to, cannot wait to continue watching that series all the way through. All right, so that is going to be it for the T-Draft the Film Buff podcast. This has been episode, what is it, episode 54? I don't even know if I said that at the top of the episode. But it is episode 54. Um, instead of saying have a you know tenant-filled weekend or something like that, I can't believe I even got through all this without mentioning tenant once. Um, let's let's save Glow, okay? So until Glow is saved by a network, or until Netflix brings it back, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end every episode by saying, save Glow, Netflix, please.